When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Geekscapists, Edgar Wright's got a brand new horror movie just in time for Halloween in Last Night in Soho. We've also got a Book of Boba Fett trailer that just hit. We're going to be talking about that. And I've been walking around the block with my Pikmin Bloom brand new mobile device game that just came from Nintendo and Niantic. Is it the new Pokemon Go? We're going to tell you all about it on a brand new Geekscape. Katie's back, so get excited. Hey, Geekscapists, I hope you've been well. Jonathan's here to start the show, and we're going to be starting off a pretty damn good one. I've got Katie waiting to join the show. My co-host is back. We'll catch up with her, find out where she's been. Where have you been? It's not going to be like that. She's a busy lady. She's got a lot of cool stuff going on. She can't always make Geekscape. And you know what? Spectrum Internet ain't helping either. (laughs) They've been kind of uh, messing with my uh, broadcast as well. So if we get a little bit sketchy on the stream, well... It's Spectrum's fault. I tried to join the, uh, I think, 12-hour stream that uh, Matt Kelly was doing for Halloween on Friday. He was in a little bit of a charity stream watching horror movies, which is really him just turning on a camera on his normal day-to-day. Uh, and I tried to join him for it, and my stream just couldn't, like, hang. Uh, I kept having a really nasty, nasty uh, buffering problem, and it just wasn't helping. So I had to bail on that. But thank you if you checked out Matt Kelly's stream on Friday. Um he loves doing that stuff. We love doing that as well. And circle the calendar. Go ahead and do that. December 17th, we're doing an all Geekscape Network uh, charity stream for Christmas for this for the holidays. For the second year in a row, we're going to be benefiting Big Brothers Big Sisters of that New Jersey, Pennsylvania area in there, the little Philadelphia, Southern Jersey area. We're, we're working on a couple things that we can get uh, going for y'all. So the Geekscape celebration, just it's constant. We got LA Comic Con coming up in early December. Uh, I think we have a Mario Kart tournament that's going to be streaming with the Geekscape crew uh, sometime around Thanksgiving weekend. I think it's that Friday after Thanksgiving. So load up on Turkey and then watch the turkeys play Mario Kart 64. Um, there's just a lot going on. We have 17 shows now. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed the latest 
Gelsey Laurie has this show. Uh, it's called Before My Time, where she she's just uh, a really cool um, person, and she really appreciates old school stuff from like the 20s and 30s, uh, just before her time. And so she has guests on. I think Katie's coming on the show uh, here soon, and, and the guests will talk about something that uh, took place before they were born, and they, they just kind of appreciate that stuff. On the first episode, she's got Matt Kelly on, and they're talking about Frankenstein, not just the original novel, but different iterations of Frankenstein. But they're talking about the story, the character. I thought it was perfect for Halloween. I loved hearing it. When you're done, wa- uh, when you're done watching or listening to your Geekscape, go look at that uh, podcast. Download that. Give it a listen. Before my time with Gelsey Laurie, it's really, really good. Matt and company are doing great jobs on the podcast network. We got some comments coming in. Matt Kelly says Geekscape forever and he's also said that he was streaming 15 hours like an idiot no 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 jim pagranelli says spectrum sucks so hard it owns stock in hoover yeah it happens it happens uh matt says that that mario kart tournament is going to be november 28th big yank says yay katie really what he means to say is finally geekscape's good again and uh <laughs> Derek cranavelt says that our show the roaring 20s is also dope so check that out. Um, this past episode starts off as a roast of Matt Kelly and turns into an endearing commentary from people who clearly care a lot about him. So yeah, that was almost like listening. I listened to that episode. And it was almost like uh, two of Matt's friends doing a little bit of a intervention with him to be like, hey man, like uh, what's going on with you? So I found that good. I mean, listen, Matt is like a brother to me, but let's face it. I'm not the nicest brother. So every time he comes on the show, I try and start an intervention with him. I try and see how he's doing. It just turns into a roast. It turns into me just like kind of making fun of the poor dude. But, you know, I love him. And, you know, that's just the way it goes uh, around here where mm, I try. All right. You know, the love is there. Okay, Geeks gave us the love is there for you, too. Thank you for watching us on Facebook, maybe on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch and all that. Tell your friends about us. But first and foremost. My jokes aren't any good. We got to get Katie in here. This is my co-host, Katie. Hey, sick hat, bro. Sick hat. What a sick hat you got. One of these sick hats. It's going to be walking around LA Comic Con. You're going to be there. December 4th and 5th. And somebody's birthday is on the 5th. Yeah, that Sunday is going to be my birthday. We got big things planned for LA Comic Con. Um, We confirmed a couple couple panels for LA Comic Con. Geekscape has three of these things. Can't tell you too much about the main stage panels that yours truly is involved in. We got They're some really celebrities. Good, They're really good. And They're really good. <laughs> that audio, hopefully that audio is going to be coming to y'all right here on this stream. That being said, I know that our three panels, the Geekscape Presents panels, will definitely be coming to this thread or to this uh, feed. We've got a normal Geekscape coming up on Sunday, but that's a Geekscape Live. Matt Kelly's yep. going to be a part of it. Shane's going to be a part of it. Katie's going to be a part of it. I'm hoping that uh, Josh Jackson will be a part of it. But we got the Geekscape team doing a live Geekscape panel at LA Comic Con. That's going to be Sunday. And then all dates may change. And then (laughs) Saturday, we've got a fantasy panel. And that's been on the feed before. I think two, three years ago, I did a, a, a fantasy panel where we had people talking about like why the popularity of like why fantasy storytelling with from the game of Thrones to the Witcher to all this, like what's so popular about it? Why now? Because you know, Jonathan got his ass kicked for reading those Dragonlance novels back in uh, middle school. (laughs) And why aren't you getting your ass kicked right now? Come on. Like 
people are like, oh, the Wheel of Time's coming out. I'm like, yeah, the Wheel of Time. Um, I read every single one of those, and then I got my ass kicked, and it fell out of my book bag, and I can see it like it was yesterday. See, unfortunately, um, you didn't grow up at a time where there was massive anti-bullying campaigns, but along with no. the fact that you were a female and just kind of hit it anyway because you didn't want to be the one that was reading those nerdy novels and stuff. Katie. The, these will these wheel of time books yeah. are so damn big and like we just watched <laughs> dune it. those dune books are so damn big man i wanted so hard to be a part of the conversation last week about dune but i loved the movie i like the new I movie. Love the movie but, but yes those books you, are hefty you have a, a real appreciation for how big those books are when one of them hits you across the head i mean those are weapons I, I started just taking comic books to school because if I took a Dune book or a Wheel of Time book <laughs> and some fucker hit me with one of those, it was a big difference than getting hit with a comic book. Like getting hit with a comic book, nah, so not so bad. Not so bad. Getting hit across the fucking head with a Wheel of Time book. As a kid who no. would carry around Shakespeare or the Bible, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah, a reason no. I have back issues. Yeah. It's a reason you have back problems. Back problems. <laughs> the deal. The back issues. Um, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> let's just face it, that the locker became the biggest obstacle in my head. Like, you know. I'm glad you had lockers, man. Uh, back in Arizona, we did not have lockers. You they, didn't have lockers? No, they didn't allow lockers because they were afraid it was just going to be full of bombs and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Arizona thing I've ever heard. Because it would be true, because it would be filled with bombs and cigarettes. But apart from that, it's like, come on, they're kids. They're only getting the cigarettes. Yeah, I definitely remember Dune getting hit in my head. Definitely having the Dune novel smacked in my head. Um, and I think at least one of the Wheel of Time books got went upside my head. That could give um, you a concussion. Those are big books. <laughs> Books. It, it explains a lot though london it oh, really does <laughs> um yeah oh, oh so, so our third geekscape presents panel this one's good yes uh very proud of this one we're gonna take those old marvel masterworks cards from the 90s remember those baseball cards with had the marvel characters on them and then they'd have random characters some of them were not great characters uh a lot of them have not been adapted into the mcu so we're gonna have matt kelly there as the card master He's going to have a cape. He's going to have a costume. He's going to have all these Marvel Masterworks cards with characters that have not been in the MCU. And in front of a panel of buffoons, he's going to reach into the the card master's, you know, cauldron of cards. And he's going to pull out a card. And the panel has to decide how we would adapt that character into the MCU. We're talking about storylines well who I, yeah this who is one of my play favorite them, panels. how you introduce them so yeah. like if you end up getting like long shot from the x-men whose character is, is basically his power is luck and he throws knives like how are you going to adapt that into mcu and take it seriously i mean you already have domino in deadpool 2 and i'm and i think deadpool is going to be the one character that is part of the mcu yeah, well, yeah, Deadpool, I think the Deadpool franchise is safe because it's meta. Yeah. The, the, the Deadpool franchise it's Facebook? is Facebook? What? Okay. <laughs> well, Deadpool 3 is going to, is a part of the MCU. Yes. Because Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, Deadpool's going to exist in the MCU and right. it's going to be a little bit of a bridge. So I would say that the characters like Juggernaut and Colossus and Domino, who are in Deadpool 2, they all get 
ushered into the MCU pretty seamlessly. He, there's another rumor I've heard because we no longer have Stan Lee. Deadpool is going to be appearing in almost every MCU movie. He's going to oh, be the that, Stan Lee Oh, cameo. the new Stan Lee. That's so interesting. Oh, that's... yeah. You so know, and like that. there was so many theories about like Stanley just being like an eternal, just checking in on humanity or something, and that's why you see well, him and everything. Um, and he's always, you know, you see him Guardians too, talking to a bunch of Watchers. Yeah, so, I mean, so technically that. speaking, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's a rumor. Geekscape yeah. is take it for what it's worth, but I have heard that in the Hollywood like circles that Deadpool is going to kind of take over the cameo job from from Stanley on the MCU movies. I wouldn't um, mind a little commentary in the corner, you know, a little footnote for each movie. Yeah, no, it, it's it's fun stuff. And, we, you know, we always looked forward to seeing where Stan would pop up in those movies. So to have a little fun Deadpool thing, why yeah. not? Why not? We got Eternals in a week. I'm Great hearing that movie could use some fun. I have. I've, I've, <laughs> oh, no. I'm very excited I, for Camille. I think it's going to be no. really fun. Uh, there's like, it's a great cast. And I'm, I'm. Pleasantly not looking up anything other than the first trailer and like just going to go in and watch it as newborn eyes as I can. I think that's healthy. I've, I've talked to <laughs> a few people. I've talked to a few people who've seen it and nobody has too many positive things to say. So, um, well, we'll I, see. <laughs> I got my tickets, baby. Thursday night, I'm there. Like, I'm there right. opening night. I'm yeah, there yeah. for the Eternals. And you know Geekscapist Ian Kerner is going to be here with me to break it all down that weekend. But got to tell you, it's going to be a little... It might be a rough ride. It might be. I, I mean, I have no idea. And I'm not going to expect or, you know, put my hopes anywhere. I'm just going to go for the ride. And I'm going to go for Kumail. Because, like, man... Mm-hmm. Honestly, because I, I went to a bunch of stand-up shows and he showed up a couple times and you could see the progress in his stand-up, just like how jacked he got. And oh, it really? was so weird showing up to a show and like seeing him hulked out and like from the guy he used to be, which was just any comics body, which is just the beer gut, the like, yeah, you know, sometimes I shower <laughs> type of like look that he would roll in with. And I'm like, I'm impressed. <laughs> He's somebody who, you know, we we've. He's just somebody who's always kind of been in the LA comedy scene, and and he's been in the nerd LA comedy yeah. scene, places like Nerd Melt and things like yeah. that. And I just don't think that anybody's. I've never met anybody who has said a bad thing about Kamala. And, and you know, I root for the whole cast. I obviously root for for the director. I I root for I, you know, when I buy these Marvel tickets, I always want the Marvel movies to be good. Yeah. Sometimes they're better than the others, but you know what? I think about 12 year old me and there's, I never thought I'd get an Eternals movie. And as an adult, I never thought I'd get an Eternals movie because there's never that definitive eternal storyline you can point to and be like, Oh, that'd make a great film. But in yeah. its defense up until five years before guardians, of the galaxy, you never really had that core guardian group that, Right. That was put into the movie. So it wasn't even that great of a comic to begin with. Like it was, it was not. It was, a, Eter- yeah. Eternals and is with that. But Eternals is some cosmic stuff. I think I got a spoiler for the end credit scene on oh. freaking Instagram of all places. Oh, a, I hate it. With- a Brazilian geek site had like a screen grab, and I will oh. tell you this: if that is a real spoiler, that's um. a game changer. And great game changer. So okay. sit through the credits on Eternals. Oh, I because, you know it's a more Marvel movie. If, I noticed yeah. it. <laughs> if what I see is legit, if what I saw is the end credit 
seeing it like this is this is the big stuff for for where we're okay. going with phase four and probably get phase five. Like it's like, oh, oh, okay. y'all, y'all mean business over there at Marvel. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, I believe it. They they felt it feels like they've been meaning business for a while now. And like <laughs> everyone's just trying to catch up. And it's just like, no, they 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 don't let they don't sit on their laurels. They they go and go and go. That's kind of one of the things that I respect about that. When you look at these MCUs the MCU, we're kind of past the 60s in the Marvel comics. When you think about the Marvel comics, uh, you know, yes, we're missing the the, the, the early X-Men. We're missing the Fantastic Four. But for the most part, these are the origin stories that were in those 60s comics. The Stan Lee was uh, uh, in in Steve Ditko and yeah. King Kirby that they were a part of. Like, those Thank stories have been too. told. And now we're in, like, the stoner era. The stoner, <laughs> the stoner era is when all these hippies in the 70s, right. <laughs> like Starenko and Jim Starlin, all these dudes, Jim Shooter, like, these dudes were a bunch of hippies. And they were like, what if there was a – we got to get into surf culture. We got to go into ghostwriter culture. We got to get right. into, like, these exploitation stuff. We got to get into, like – the counterculture stuff yeah. mm-hmm. we got to do some dr strange we got to go cosmic we got to go like these dudes were just smoking just doing drugs and making comics and we are in that era now where it's just like weird like eternals all these weird ideas multiverse is like bro what if there was a multiverse? right there's like, definitely some mushrooms at play <laughs> in a lot of this thought process we are, we are straight up in the hardcore drug like era of marvel and it is paralleling what they were doing in the 70s. And I got to tell you, when they start thinking about how to introduce the X-Men into the MCU. Drugs X-Men, are important. Well, <laughs> X-Men at this point in the 70s, X-Men was was not on, was canceled. It was a bunch of right. reprints. Okay. So Uncanny X-Men was no longer a comic. It was a bunch of old reprints. And it didn't come back until Uncanny X-Men, like the giant sized X-Men, where you had the introduction of the mul- of the international characters of Wolverine and Nightcrawler and Storm and Colossus and Banshee. And you had these new characters introduced. That leads into the, that's the late 70s, early into the early 80s. That I think is going to mirror phase five. So I think the MCU is kind of mirroring the Marvel history right there. But for the absence of a Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated. Let's intro, let's intro the the, the X Men in Phase Five, and and you're pretty much paralleling the publication history of Marvel Comics. So I have no worries cool about doing all that. Yeah, let's go. Cool yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean, I want to see a modernizing it all. But speaking of '60s and like being caught in that era, how was last night? No, in Soho. Last night in NoHo. NoHo was I what went I did to see yesterday. Last night in Soho. So not bad. I live right next to NoHo, North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I went over to NoHo to watch them last night in Soho. <laughs> and I was looking forward you to it for a couple of reasons. Though, I did. You well, did Soho of NoHo. <laughs> Edgar Wright has not made a bad movie. I don't think Edgar Wright is capable of making a bad movie. Okay. Um, I think Baby Driver is fantastic. I think Baby Driver is his tightest movie. I love it so much. I love the action uh, of Baby Driver. I'm I'm not gonna lie, and I love Edgar Wright. Really love Edgar Wright. It's great. And so here he comes with a ghost story. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's see Edgar Wright do a ghost story. And um, did he succeed? Was it was it spooky? Was it more intriguing? What? How did you feel about this? 
I'm going to go ahead and uh, check <laughs> all of the above. No, uh, la- I would just, I think La- Last Night in Soho is also one of his best movies. Uh, it has this, okay, let me tell you, the plot is a girl in modern day in rural England going to London to attend college, but she's going to a fashion institute. And you know really early on that she's into 1960s culture. She's listening to the records. Her whole room is adorned with that stuff. And we know that she's also lost her mother. We don't know how she Mm -hmm. lost her mother, but she's she's living with her grandmother. She also- Is Diana Riggs her grandmother? No. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'd have to pull up IMDb. Diana Riggs is the actress from uh, Game of Thrones. Correct. Yes. No, she I is the them. the she is the person in London who she rents a room from. Gotcha. Okay. So you have her grandmother and this girl living in rural England, uh, and she's going. She's about to leave to college. All her dreams that you know her mother was a fashion designer. Uh, her mother died. Now she's kind of like. It's her dream, but she's also picking up where her mother left off. And you have the, the the camera work from the beginning is just amazing. The music from the beginning is just amazing. This movie does not have a bad camera movement. It's fantastic. Ooh. Like Edgar Wright it's and his well, dance yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he has these long takes, these one take masters. And there is a dance sequence with Anna Taylor Joy. Did I say her name right? I believe so. In, 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 Matt, in Matt Smith and this other actress where, so basically the girl goes to London, but we know by that point that she can kind of see things like she can see sp- her right. mother's spirit, spirit. Mm-hmm. in like the mirror and stuff. So she goes to the fashion Institute. She's feeling kind of out of sorts. It, the history with her grandmother is that she's, she sometimes gets overwhelmed and she has, she had a little bit of a breakdown earlier. Mm-hmm. And now she's in this, this, fashion institute and she can't deal with the students for it that's some fun stuff like it's fun the students are obnoxious so she rents a room uh-huh. and she's renting this room in her first night renting this room she goes to sleep and she has a dream and she's in the 60s and mm-hmm. she sees this other woman who's coming to london with the dreams of being a singer and she runs in to this kind of questionable character who works at a nightclub the matt smith character Got it. And her dreams just slowly start to erode in bad ways over the course of these dreams that this main character is having. And I, I love it. I mean, just how deftly he's going from the present to the past and the way he places the main character into these past dreams. Mm -hmm. And it seems like every time she, she passes a mirror, it's the other woman, but there's also a dance sequence in the middle of this movie that is a one take master. The camera's spinning around, and Matt Smith is dancing with the character in the past. But every time he hands her off screen and twirls her, the, the 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 other girl, and, it, yeah. and they, they do these handoffs That's that are all part of the dance on and off camera that are so awesome. Just for the now, camera work, go see. Do this you movie. think? Do you think that's a composite, or do you think that's like they, done? You can in see camera. that they did handoffs. They did these handoffs. Okay. It's amazing. That's cool. They're doing these handoffs with the actors. The actors are having to perform on camera. Yeah. And then while the camera is dancing around. Move behind. Move behind mm-hmm. and, and get back and get ready to spin right back in seamlessly yeah. using the same moves as the other. It, it is such an incredible choreography of both camera and performance. Yeah. I was blown away by so much of this movie. The whole thing was great. And ultimately, 
this main character starts to see worse and worse things happen to this woman in the past, mm. they're all tied to the room that she's rented. And she has right. to make okay. things right. She has to exercise this ghost. It is a, She has to bring it to justice. That's so interesting. And so you got to see this movie. I got to tell you, I- it... It, it's such a good movie and it actually made me nostalgia for an era of film that is not covered in this movie present day or 1960s it made me feel like i was watching like a jennifer jason Lee late 80s Ooh, like okay like psycho thriller pa- stalker film like a of. stalker film yeah 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 you know that's what it felt like that's it's really cool. good i i i haven't because i'm not really a horror person but like um this is more this sounds more intriguing than i guess what i initially thought because like i just I don't know when it's just like let's reel you into this bad situation and stab the shit out of you i'm like i don't know it's just not interesting but this this is more fascinating to me and i listened to an interview with edgar wright and uh npr and he was talking about how he didn't want to do the like same old tropes of like wide-eyed girl wants to go to big city and have big city dreams and then just gets dashed for having the audacity to have these big city dreams or something like that. You want to do something a little bit different on that take. And he's like, only men write these kinds of stories. And so, which is hilarious and a little bit ironic, but um, like, he's talking about how like only men write these different stories like this. And he's like, I kind of wanted to pull at something different. So that, that made me enough to be like, okay. And do you recommend this in the movies or do you recommend this anywhere or on the phone. I think I, I recommended this in the movies on the <laughs> phone. I recommend this on the movie. I mean, it's just such a beautiful movie. And it's such okay. a beautiful movie. It has such incredible camera work. It's so well shot. And then the audio is the, the soundtrack's amazing. So um, this is not a movie like, that you should be distracted from. You know, when you watch yeah. thing at home, I always feel like you're kind of like tempted by your phone. You can always right. feel like you can pause it anytime you want. Don't pause this movie. Okay. Don't check your phone in this movie. Enjoy Is it this one of those you can't look away from it unless you miss something? Yes, there are little okay. hints. There are, okay. there are clues. It's a mystery movie. Cool. It, it, you you want to find out what happened to this woman back in the 60s. It, it, it's You're part of it. And that's part of engaging with the main character is, is following along with that and looking for things as she looks along for things. And it's got surprises and twists. I love this movie. This I is like a really it. great movie. You're selling Please. me on this. I'm ready. Go see it. Please go see it. Um, this Dune, we, we've had some really good movies recently. I'm, yeah. I'm super stoked for it. Yeah. And I'm really sorry. Um, I think some of the geeks gave us were not happy with my Dune coverage last week. And um, uh. I, don't, I don't, you know what? Like, this, I don't know what to tell you. I thought the movie was, was note perfect. Um, I, here's the thing. I understand people found it slow. They like, uh, you know, laborious, but it, it felt like it was an already lived in world that I was dropping into the story without having too much prior. Not like I saw the original movie. I don't remember a thing from it, but this felt like it, like a nice introduction to a much wider, bigger story. And I am excited for the next one. I'm bummed that it's going to take so long for that movie to release. <laughs> like that is one thing here. Um, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I can easily wait for the movie. We have so much content coming. It's going to get ridiculous. Just sitting in the theater and getting trailers and realizing that we're already at November 1st and we're <sighs> getting Hawkeye soon. We're getting The Wheel of Time soon. We're getting uh, The Book of Boba Fett, which landed at a trailer today. We're getting that soon. We're getting so much content between now and then in the multiple Marvel movies and the DC movies and this and that. Like, you're going to blink and it's going to be Dune 2 in front of your eyeballs. So let's just be happy that we're getting a Dune 2 because 
yeah, I think a lot of those people were criticizing whether or not the movie was too long or this and that. And I'm just glad it made its made enough money for Warner Brothers to give us another Dune movie. It is a fully realized world. I loved it. I did have a conversation with somebody the next day and they, because I compare the movie to, to Lord of the Rings and just like you said, a fully fleshed out world. And they were like, no, Dune was better. Uh, Dune was better for me because it, you know, it had the, this, this, you know, I could relate to the character and uh, the, the storyline. And in Lord of the Rings, we never had the villains get their comeuppance. And, mm. and I just thought, no, 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 Saruman gets tossed out of fucking building. <laughs> True. <laughs> You know, uh, Wormtongue gets run out of the castle screaming. Yeah. You know, like Sauron is a is a broad generality. He's like a I mean, Sauron, you barely see Sauron in any human type form. Form. Just the eye. And so I and the other thing about it is that you have like a like a singular messiah hero story with dune where it's like this is paul's story and a lot of the characters are there to support paul with fellowship mm-hmm. there's almost an argument that samwise is the hero of the fellowship by the end of it but there Kinda, but you have you have aragorn yeah. you've got marion pippin you've got legolas and gimli like you have a literal fellowship yeah as the main character of this movie and it's a guild movie what is the it's- story it's a guild movie is that what you said yeah, it's yeah. a guild movie. It's about it's not just about like one necessarily messiah figure, which it is essentially, but there are also these very fleshed out, very integral characters around them. I'm gonna battle you on the Messiah thing because okay. I was thinking about that. And obviously people were talking about Dune and how Scott Star Wars is based on Dune and da da da. Oh, yeah. da. yeah, we know, Captain Obvious. <laughs> but the Messiah idea that Luke has is that he's like the chosen one. He is his father's son. And now he has the force. He has his power. And Paul is similar. Paul in Dune mm-hmm. has the voice. And he, you find out in Dune that he was like pretty much bred to be possibly this Messiah figure. Mm-hmm. And he's There's this also white savior. Potential yeah. female Messiah figure as well, kind of going along at the same rate. The whole idea of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit before it was these aren't Messiah figures. Mm-hmm. anyone can be a hero and that was the important thing with the hot with, with the tolkien stuff is that frodo is the one least expected to do this bilbo was the one least expected to do this i think that the lord of the rings stuff i don't find them comparable because exactly that idea that lord of the rings is saying no 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 the smallest among us can be the biggest can right. be the can make the biggest change and that was that message <laughs> whereas uh with doing is like better hope you were born rich and had some magic powers because <laughs> better the right hope training you had some for magic. magic powers. <laughs> better hope you bred right because otherwise you you're gonna right get planet. killed. You're gonna get eaten by a worm or have a drilly drilly like blow dart in your back or you're gonna get shot or you get killed <laughs> right. in the desert or I mean guys the lesson of Dune is money makes you the Messiah so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I think I prefer Lord of the Rings. It's like, hey, uh, Fair. you could be the no, laziest and- little shithead laying around with your big ass feet up on the wall reading a book, but one day adventure's gonna come calling and you can be the greatest thing ever. Like that's Lord of the Rings is like you could be so lazy and not want to do anything with your life. You can be like, yo, I'm just gonna sit here and eat and read and be 
a bum and in the house. Now I gotta save the pipe. <laughs> I'm just gonna smoke weed, <laughs> sit around, eat Talk tostitos. <laughs> it's like, no, now you gotta go save the world. With with Dune, it's like you've been bred for this. Oh yeah. You are and, the chosen one, and you whether might you like fit, it or not. You might fit every prophecy, but even still, we're like, meh, maybe. Yeah, I don't the know money got you guy. there. <laughs> are you sure it's me? Meanwhile, Lord of the Rings, you can see why it resonates with me. It's like, all you got to do is eat <laughs> yeah. Tostitos, be a shithead, sit around. Like, So what you're saying on, is man. that we're prime for being hobbits here, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm down with it. So, Book of Boba Fett. Let's talk about this Book of Boba Fett trailer. Um, How's that for your Dune review, everybody? (laughs) Suck that, dude. One of my favorites was when they put Joey on the poster uh, from Friends and said, How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) How you doing? How you doing? Um, doing? Boba Fett trailer just released today. Um, I was very excited about this. Uh, I I know my uh, my fiance is um, kind of skeptical. <laughs> he's skeptical of the book of Boba Fett. He's skeptical because it, it feels like he's just kind of sitting in this chair the whole time, uh, being a little mobstery. But I'm I'm interested in this sort of like Godfathery story in the Star Wars universe. Um, I want some more of the like the underground stuff, like uh, mm-hmm. the you know the baddies that you know have the heart of gold. I guess. Or no, I, I, you know, a friend of mine saw this trailer and goes, "It's it's really going to be weird seeing Boba Fett as a good guy." I don't think that's no. what's going on here at all. Boba Fett is very much the businessman he's always been. Right, he's right. always about like getting paid. He's always about getting that money. Like he's not yeah. a good guy in this trailer. He is a very neutral person who just wants to make the money and get rich, and that is what he's proposing in creating this underworld. I would love to see Narshada. Narshada is like mm-hmm. the big criminal underworld location in the in the star wars universe it is the the smuggler's planet or the smuggler's moon it's a moon i I would like to see narshada like i'd love to see that i maybe i do feel like we're gonna get like i mean we've had we've had sort of the the anti-hero hero with mandalorian and i think this is more on the seedier side which i'm i'm excited for because I, I want to see the ones that, you know, aren't quite so noble, but what exactly it is what, that we're following them for. Um, because mm-hmm. a lot of the Star Wars stuff, like, we've not really followed. We followed Kylo. You know, we, we've followed some versions, but, like, not, like, those with more just intent for their own being and, like, keeping that. I don't know what the arc is going to be for Boba. I think that's a fascinating um, story that it could go different ways. Um yeah, I'm. I'm also interested to see if they ever explain the dent in Boba's hat. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's been that was there early. It was very early, but yeah, very but I'm early. Um, Jim Pelgrinelli, he says, "I'm psyched to see more Ming Na Wen. Yeah. She's awesome. I think she's awesome in this. I'm a huge Agents of Shield fan. She was in all the seasons of Agents of Shield. You are. So, <laughs> um, I'm definitely a fan, and I." I think it'd be really cool if I was able to talk to her on the main stage at LA Comic Con. That would just be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? That'd be so amazing. Wouldn't that be fun like, if Jonathan was able to moderate like a panel all, of, all over the scape? Yeah. You know what would be more fun? Tell me. At LA Comic Con, if not only if I not only moderated a panel with her, but with Giancarlo Esposito, who oh plays my gosh. You, the bad who, moff 
He plays one. He plays Moff. He's uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. He's yes. uh, fantastic. And you have interviewed him before, and he sounded like a mm-hmm. pure delight. That would yeah. be, it would be cool. that would be unreal. That would be unreal if you got both of them in the same. Hmm. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. You might want to get those LA Comic Con tickets okay. just in case it happens. Yeah. Just in case. Because you never know. The just times in case. Just, you never know. <laughs> you, you never, never know. know. Last minute things. Jonathan, we heard you talking about it on the show. You're not doing it anymore. Right. <laughs> it's not official. We never said it was official. Oh, I never said it was official. I never said that. I never yeah, said I, I'm doing those. I also I'm said that I, I'm going to interview James Earl Jones alongside of this. That's Yeah, I am. <laughs> yep, I am going to get a Ouija board, yes. and I am going to get Jimmy Stewart's ghost on the main stage to come oh, and talk to everybody. Yep, while we're, <laughs> while we're talking about rumors, while we're talking about rumors, we're going to be doing cocaine with carrot top on the main stage. <laughs> so you got to you got to get a pass, L.A. Comic Con. It might happen. Also, One of those things might happen. <laughs> has Gelsey covered uh, Jimmy Stewart yet? Because I feel like that would be a really fun episode. Know. Anyway. I don't know y'all. Yeah, the only way to, y'all gotta subscribe to the the uh, before my time podcast. Kelsey's it's a great podcast. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I'm inter- interested in all this old timey wimey stuff. And then she and Matt started talking about Frankenstein, and all this knowledge started coming out. I was like, Oh, I'm down. I'm down with learning all this stuff. There you go. This is good stuff. Yeah. Um, so we got this Book of Boba Fett trailer. Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see Robert Rodriguez at the helm of these things. Yeah, I love this corner of the Mandalorian universe, which I'm calling it now because that's my classic Star Wars. It feels like classic Star Wars. And, I love that um, Bryce Miller, Dallas Howard is coming back to direct some more. Like, I love that she's part of this universe directing things, and I think she's done a fantastic job so far. So, I do too. I think yeah. that the the episode the episode she did in season one of Mandalorian, I was like. Okay. Okay. The okay. one she did in season two, I was like, she's it she's the, she's good. She's good to go. She's good We're to go. Good. She's and okay love, in my Star Wars book. <laughs> I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's a fantastic actress. I think she's a really good director. I think she's a really good director. Fantastic. Um, and you know what? She comes from good stock in the directing <laughs> world. You know, so. it's shocking. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it's good for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But took some of that. I, I, I like, I, I don't mind it when someone has like comes from, you know, I, I mean, it. let's just be honest, like with a dad, like Ron Howard, mm-hmm. she had advantages. I like, I don't mind it when people had advantages and they step up and they're able to justify them. And obviously she's a woman and female directors are something that I will always champion. So yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard, I love the fact that she's really, really talented. And it's, you know, because when I see somebody who gets there because from the advantage, of their family. because of their family and they're terrible and they just keep it's working, hard. I'm like, oh no. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for all of us just like swinging our way through the whole business. <laughs> it's just like, oh really? Okay. And you're still mm. working? I could never get away with that. <laughs> you're never going to get away with it. So uh, Book of Boba Fett, that one lands December 29th. So again, like I said, we are going to not be wanting for content. content. Yeah, I think we're gonna be okay. I think yeah. we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna uh, be a little bit spoiled the next couple of months. <laughs> we'll be very spoiled. <laughs> so uh, I got to tell you, um, I'm playing a brand new game. Brand new game. What do you think of that? I got a brand That's new video exciting. game. I mean, it's yep. hard to find a brand new game out right now. Um, tell us about your brand new game here. That we already. <laughs> this is my. I didn't know this game ever. existed until Saturday. 
I didn't know this I, game existed till today. I don't think you knew this game existed and the the yeah. franchise has been out since 2001, Katie. So I'm very disappointed in you. But I'm talking, of course, about my good old friends. I'm wearing a t-shirt with them on it. These are my Pikmin buddies. And they've got a brand new game that's on mobile. It's from Niantic, who made Pokemon Go, and also and Ingress. Is, if anybody like, in Ingress, ever Ingress oh, back I blew in the day? some, I blew some bases up on that damn Ingress. <sighs> yes, I did. Uh, I'm talking about our good friends, the Pikmin. Um, Pikmin are adorable. <laughs> Pikmin, <laughs> what do you think of these Pikmin? They are so adorable, and they've been my friends. Are since... they stop motion? No, they've been my friends since the GameCube, and basically, like what Pikmin are. Um, yeah. Basically, what Pikmin are is they're a Miyamoto. They're a Miyamoto game. So Shigeru Miyamoto, who gave us oh. Mario and gave us mm-hmm. the adventures, of, uh, gave us the adventures of Zelda, Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Like he created the Pikmin in the late '90s, and it became a game on the GameCube in 2001. And the original Pikmin game was where you're this little spaceman, Olimar, and you probably recognize Olimar because he's a pay- playable character in, in the Smash series, and. Mm-hmm he throws these little plant-like creatures called Pikmin. And in that original game, you're Olimar and you're, and you crash land on earth, but Olimar is tiny. (laughs) And the thing about Olimar is, um, he's very, very small. And, um, and he actually, uh, crash lands and his spaceship is like blown to bits and you have to collect all the pieces and repair the space, uh, repair the spaceship and the way he does it is he recruits these plant-like creatures called Pikmin. And it's a little bit of like a puzzle game at the same time that it's a, uh, a little bit of a live action You go to a planet, game. your spaceship blows up, and then no, you, no, you go to Earth. the locals. Okay, you go to Earth. You're on Earth. You're on Earth. And, and uh-huh. there's foreign entities called the pikmin and you They're enslave local. them to ship your to no, they love you so the thing is miyamoto based this game on his love of gardening mm, oh, okay oh that's fun. so the pikmin are plants and you have to feed them things to for them to get stronger and they're different types of pikmin so when you first land they you see these little that, you see these little tiny sprouts in the ground and when you pluck the sprouts these Pikmin come out and the red Pikmin are like fire resistant so they can walk through fire. The, the blue Pikmin oh. can go into water and not drown. Oh my the God. Yellow is this ones... Fall Guys before Fall Guys? Yeah. This so is... you just like drag them along and like make sure that they get You across. can toss them. You can toss them on things. You can direct them. So Olimar, if you watch this little picture of Olimar, he's got this little antenna on his, yeah. on his, on his little. That mind uh, controls them? No, he just like suggests that they go here. And one thing that he can do is he no. can go, he can send them on little expeditions to collect resources for his ship. They, he, they, he can send them out into the terrain to find like the old pieces of his ship or pieces to, to fix his ship. Or he can send them out to just collect resources like bottle caps or plants and things like that. That does he then comes and brings back. Or does it mostly benefit the spaceman? It benefits the Pikmin because he can make them stronger. So right now you see a picture of these Pikmin and they only have a little green leaf. If you build them up by giving them nectar and stuff and having <laughs> them drink stuff like nectar, they can grow flowers. And when they grow flowers in their heads and they're super happy and they can like get, they're stronger and they're faster. So when you, but here's the thing, when you send them out on expeditions, Katie, when you okay. send them out on expeditions, you have to be really careful because sometimes with the Pikmin, um, 
Yeah, sometimes they die. And that's like the most heartbreaking, horrifying thing ever. Because ultimately, this game is about responsibility for other do you, life forms. Do you, bury, do you bury the Pikmin when they No, die? they turn into little spirits and they drift away. They're gone. Mm, so, okay, so you don't even the, have to clean them up or anything like yeah, that. No. So in the course of traversing the, 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 the landscape of these Pikmin, maybe you'll run into a wall and you can throw Pikmin on the wall to break it down. The rock Pikmin are really heavy and they'll break it down faster. Okay. You, yeah, you'll you've throw got... these these beings at a wall. They land on something and then they start tearing it down. So it takes uh-huh. a while for the the more Pikmin you throw on something, uh-huh. the faster the t- the Pikmin take it down. So you can actually sure. so there's like there's like little monsters and stuff that walk around. And, and you, you can throw, throw the rocks at them. You you, use the them rocks as- will the rocks will really wreck it. So the rock Pikmin will wreck it. Um, poison Pikmin can go through poison. Some Pikmin can get thrown higher than others because they have different weights. But the whole point is you overload these bad guys with Pikmin, and the bad guys can fight back. They can like bite the Pikmin off their backs. Some bad guys are only uh, maybe you have to flip the bad guy over somehow because the the, the stomach is the only vulnerable part of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But the Pikmin they just start trashing the thing. They're like. <laughs> And then you can collect the thing's corpse. That's kind of the coolest thing about killing monsters in the Pikmin verse. Is you, you so can they don't turn into spirits because they have no souls. They just have a corpse that you have to collect, and then like, yeah, and you out. can put it in your ship, and then it turns into fuel. This is a morbid game. Yeah, so so but you, but it's all about it's all about timing because yeah. the original Pikmin game. I think the original Pikmin game you had 24 real-time hours or 12 real-time hours to actually play the game. So as you're playing the game... The full length of the game. The full length of the game, I think, is roughly... I think I'm going to say 10 to 12. Josh Jackson definitely knows better. But, you know, you can save the game, but know that as you're playing the game, you're ticking off that clock. And you might find yourself within, like, a few hours of the end of the game and not be able to finish that. So you might be like, damn, I don't have enough time or Pikmin to get me past this barricade or to be able to collect enough things for my spaceship. And on the that first Pikmin 1, you just had to basically go back to the beginning and start again. Pikmin 2, not only were you able like to Hellblade. get a... Got it. Send you a sacrifice. Pikmin 2, you had like a second Spaceman character that you're with. And you could Who switch between his them. own Pikmin, but on the other no, he's side. he's your friend. He's your friend. He's all down with the slavery. And so... <laughs> the mind you, control slavery. Yeah. So basically you could split the party and you could mm-hmm. send somebody off to explore a cave while you go and explore this area over here, this little garden and collect pieces. The whole point is team management. This is why I'm so good at running Geekscape because I played the Pikmin. <laughs> right? So like, Ma- okay. no, Matt Kelly's over here being the uh, kind of supervise him. He's kind of like the secondary character. He's over here in the Northeast. I'm locking down the West coast. Y'all are you, the podcasters are my Pikmin, and basically we just manage different areas. We talk a lot, communicate. The whole thing about Pikmin is you might be playing it, and all of a sudden you hear like nah! you hear a bunch of them dying, and you realize you forgot a bunch of them, and they're somewhere getting eaten, lit on fire, drowning. <laughs> like you sent right. them to their deaths. So, it's the worst feeling in the world. London, you're gonna have to tell me which geekscapist is which Pikmin and because of their mm. abilities. You can think on this, maybe get back to me later. Yeah. But I think you No, no, I have answers for you right now. <laughs> okay. I have answers for you right now. Matt Kelly is like the basic reliable <laughs> Pikmin. He's the red one. He'll go through fire. Got it. You can toss him at anything, he'll tackle dope. it. I feel like He's the fire good. ones are pretty pretty dope. They're they're dope, but they can't swim. You need a blue <laughs> one for that. I think you're blue. 
<laughs> is it because I'm you wearing can swim well? <laughs> that too? You can swim. You're good. That. At that. Then <laughs> you get to like the purple or white pigment, the whatever one's the poison one. Uh-huh. Right. The poison resistant one. That's Shane O'Hare. He's had enough toxic stuff in his body that he's poison resistant. That's the poison Pikmin. He can Fair. go through noxious gas and stuff like that. <laughs> You've also got the yellow Pikmin, electricity resistant. Mm, I think for that one, that's Big Yanks. He's always online, so he's got something with digital. The rock Pikmin that is really good for breaking down walls and throwing at things that are heavy, you smash them. Mm-hmm. Let me think. The rock one... This is that definitely honor. no that's frank sanders in long island if you look at his instagram he's always lifting big rocks he's always working on his strength this and that that's a rock pigment right there so yes that that's all the, the only one traits. that was like a physical ability and everybody else was just kind of uh, a personality trait <laughs> katie it's fucking geekscape like if we had if we were judged by our physical abilities we'd all be screwed okay like <laughs> come enough. on now fair enough so <laughs> The uh, the Pikmin like franchise, yeah. Katie. To me, the fact that you've overlooked this Pikmin franchise that is twenty years old is sad Which, to me. It had to happen at some point, right? There had to be one game that really flew by. Pikmin, yes, mine. you picked the wrong one. <laughs> did I? Though? <laughs> I think you did. I mean, this is a beloved yeah. franchise, and it's a Miyamoto franchise. So, like, that, that the, does the make creator of all these. It, I think as part of like a strategy game and a little bit of a live action, uh, as part of a live action strategy game and team management game, um, I think that this appeals to anybody who's into this kind of stuff. Um, I really do love this franchise. It does get stressful when you start seeing a monster start eating all your little guys and you have to try and recall them to get a new strategy going. Like you threw the wrong colored dude, dudes, the wrong thing. And now they're all <laughs> and getting they're like, killed. whatever you say, Sarge, we're doing this for you. Yeah. Mom! And sometimes they run away scared. Um, oh, they become boy. more loyal when you make them happy with the nectar and they get the flowers and stuff <laughs> like that. It's really is like drink of my nectar and multiply <laughs> as much as I love this franchise. I got to tell you, the games do get stressful when, when, when their little lives start disappearing, but going into it, do you have like it, a set number of Pikmin that you have? Uh, no, you grow more of them. So as okay. they, so, okay. so as they bring back resources, your little spaceship, which is called an, you know, there's an onion and you can burst more little pikmin out of it so they're breeding from fungus them. or something yeah okay. well they're plants so like right you know okay. and in in you can feed different colored <laughs> you can grow different colored ones depending on what you need so if you're like on a major water part like if oh, you're on so a you if you're on a piece of terrain with lots of water you okay. probably want a lot of blue pikmin but you don't just want blue pikmin because you might have to break down a wall you want some rocks but you don't just want rocks because you might have to pass through noxious gas. So you might have to get some poison pigment. You, there might be some some wiry, some some faulty wiring in the level. So you're going to want to get some yellow pigment. You I see, it's a strategy. I this deep love of pigment from you. This is, oh, my God. Have I have two pigment shirts. I love pigment so much. It's one of my favorite franchises. And I think that Miyamoto made three great franchises. He made Mario. He Zelda. made Zelda. And he made Pikmin, and people are like Pikmin Schmickman. Are the you said today something that just hurt me? It hurt me to my core. <laughs> you said, "What are those? Are those minions?" I know. So you said, "Listen, listen, you said Katie." <laughs> you listen to me. What I said was, "So it's just Switch Fitbit with minions," and you said. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and I said, "What did I walk into?" <laughs> listen to me. 
I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Listen, Keep going on those The minions are not only not, the pigmen are not minions. I think the minions are rabbits ribbons. I think the minions are rabid ripoffs. I don't even think minions are an original idea. Do you remember the raging, the raving rabbits, those little yeah. game characters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the minions are totally freaking ripoffs of, of the rabid rabbits. Yeah. The rabbits. So like, yeah. let's not even act like the minions is an, an original idea, but <laughs> you also don't kill off a shit ton of minions. In, in a movie. <laughs> in Pikmin, you're, a lot of your Pikmin will die. I will just go ahead and spoil it. They look cute and everything. You're going to kill a lot of Pikmin on accident. They're, they're going to die. Like you're, you're attacking these that is monsters. Using life as slavery. So yeah. You're attacking these monsters. Hardcore. You're, you're basically sending minions into battle. To war. To your own war. <laughs> so that you can fix your ship. It feels very yeah. colonistic. So basically you have these monsters. Some of them have shells. You got to use the rock pigment to break down the shells. And then once you break the shells, you can send the other pigment in there to start eating at its body. And then you take its corpse and you use it to fuel your spaceship to grow more pigment. And the more so Pikmin, the happier the Pikmin. Okay. Okay. I mean, Kate, you got to get in on this Pikmin thing. You got to get I'm in. Actually, I'm quite fascinated. I'm going to look up some emulators later on. <laughs> I, no, no, well, listen, they've got Pikmin for Switch. I'm pretty sure Pikmin oh, okay. 3 is on Switch. That's the best one. Okay. They got Pikmin 1 and 2 for Wii U, maybe on Switch. They've got to have the Pikmin games on Switch. Pikmin 1 is going to get stressful because it has that time cap. Yeah. But Pikmin 2 and 3 are really good strategy games. They're fantastic games, and I love them very like much. I strategy game, and I love me some Miyamoto. You're going to love this game. I'm, Katie, you're going to love shocked. this game. I'm shocked I never had really yeah. gotten into it. Incel Bot was like, I don't think she's a gamer. And I it's was like, Incel Bot, please. Yeah. Let me... Because I don't know every game. <laughs> Let's give her a chance, Incel Bot. Okay, like, who are we if we're not educators and people who enthusiastically share our love and our passion with others? And that is what Geekscape's all about. Thank so, you. Katie, I got to tell you, an easy way for you to get in on this thing, and this is free of charge, is you might want to get this Pikmin Bloom. Pikmin Bloom is the new mobile game. I've been playing it since Friday, Saturday, Pikmin Bloom is made by Niantic, the same people who made um, Ingress and Pokemon Go. And I loaded this thing up on my phone. And basically, this is how it works. It's very Pokemon Go-ish, but you're not catching any Pokemon. You grow like a handful of Pikmin, and then they bloom flowers Mm -hmm. as they collect things around your house, around your neighborhood. And they lay seeds. So basically, you walk around your neighborhood and don't, you don't, don't be like fertilize that. the neighborhood. You fertilize the neighborhood. I go around, spread, I spread my seed around the neighborhood, and you can see little flowers growing. But not only, but basically, it's a Fitbit. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a walking app. Yeah, Pikmin Bloom is a walking app. I don't know how long I'm going to do this game, but Enough the whole point get is to get you walking. Yeah. yeah, you get walking. You load up your Pikmin Bloom. You tell your Pikmin to go out and find things in the neighborhood, like mm-hmm. oranges and, and pieces of nectar and fruits and stuff, and bring them back to you. That aren't there in real life. <laughs> that are not there in real life. No, there's like a, there's like a dumpster. And my Pikmin came back with it. My Pikmin are going to come back with it. Here's a heroin needle I found in your back alley. Like The Pikmin are going to come back with meth. Uh, found a dead body. Can we turn this into fuel for our spaceship? I so want basically, that cartoon <laughs> pikmin bloom you load this up and it is a walking app but you can link it to the the uh steps in your iphone so it just gives you all the steps and your whole point is to plant flowers all over and however many steps you do in a day is how many like 
Pikmin you grow and you grow the different colored Pikmin to send them on little missions. There's special Pikmins. I have a Pikmin that got sent to me from Nintendo for linking my Nintendo account. It has a Mario hat. He's a good friend of mine. And it encourages you to do steps. So I think it's like a health app, but it's it's fun. You can see little Pikmin. I gotta tell you though, yeah. Um Sunday morning, I knew I I was gonna go to this this uh, Halloween party and eat a bunch of candy. So I told my buddy Jesse we're gonna run 20 miles up in Verdugo Mountains. Today? Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, yesterday morning, we got out there at, at oh, 6.30 in the morning. Last night. Okay. So you did it Saturday. You ate a bunch yesterday, of candy. Yeah. Then yesterday morning, I met my buddy Jesse at 6.30 a.m. at Brand Library in Glendale. And we ran to basically Montrose over the mountain. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's 10 miles and then 10 miles back. And we that's did, a tough hill too. That's a very high hill. And yeah. we did 20 miles of that. And guess who came with me? The pigmen fertilizing fucking the land. I there's a little strip of flowers over that hill now. I laid that. I did that. And my now, pigmen does it show you me. where other people have pigmented the Yeah, the but the game's only been out since Friday, so there's not a whole lot of flowers anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> the game's yeah. only been out since Friday. So me, I'm like Johnny Appleseed up in this bitch. I'm like laying flowers everywhere. <laughs> and let me tell you spreading your wild pikmin oats. So I think the average, like, I think it's like a couple thousand steps that you do in a day. Like, the Pikmin's like, oh, congrats. You did a couple thousand steps. I dropped 36,000 steps on those motherfuckers. (laughs) Day one. Those fucking Pikmin were vomiting. (laughs) They were vomiting up dew. They were like, we hate you. You're the worst slave master. Like, the Pikmin hate me. I was like, you bitches ready to rock? They're like, yeah, let's go lay some flowers. I was like, good, because we're dropping 20 miles on this bitch. 36,000 steps. And the damn Pikmin, they hate me. They won't do anything anymore. I'm like, go oh, give me a bottle cap. We can turn it into fertilizer. And they're like, nope, we hate you. <laughs> the Pikmin, the Pikmin might kill me in my sleep tonight. A I poison mean... Pikmin may jump down my throat. <laughs> it might this happen. Sounds more and more fun <laughs> to make your Pikmin so mad at all of your exercising. They really, on all honesty, like they, the Pikmin. Um, I don't think there's much to this game. I don't know how much longer I'll I'll play it. But that's but... the thing with the antique games are like they're so fantastic and like you get super into it and super addicted and you want to have everybody enjoy it and then at some point you just kind of fall off. <laughs> yeah, one day you wake up and you're like, I don't think I have to open this app ever again. <laughs> yeah. But that day will not be tomorrow. I've no. got a nice I've got All a right. nine miler planned. I might go nine to thirteen miles and no guess who's coming with me? I got a whole batch of Pikmin's coming with me to the mountains. We're going to run the Pikmin's. I don't know if that's what Niantic planned, but it's what they got. So are you ever going to do like a design with your Pikmin? Uh, no, no, I don't do that. Where oh. you like draw a dick or something with it? Well, obviously. <laughs> What's I had the, a friend do that with a Strava. Time to dick or something. Yeah. I had a friend who like, you know, when this running app was like trying to draw me a dick, and I was like, that just—I was like, is that a Tetris piece? Like, I'm just playing, playing dumb just to make them mad. I'm like, no, no, you're not going to get me to say that. Is, that's a tip that I, whenever somebody does some kind a of a innuendo, yeah, a tip. Okay. Wait, what's that mean? All you do, you just Explain call that. them out in front of other people. Just say, wait, what's that mean? What'd you draw? A cap gun? Did you draw? <laughs> what is that? Is that a what Tetris is that? piece? What is, hmm. That is that a hammer? I don't know what you drew. Can you explain, Can you that, explain to that to me? That to me? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yours must look different, I think. I mean, it's, it's shorter, weird. probably. Gross. 
So that's what I've been playing, Katie. The Pikmin. That's awesome. Are you gonna go play Pikmin now? Are you gonna go get a Pikmin for the I'm for the likely, Switch? I'm likely gonna finish up some Metroid Dread. Uh, I'm on the last boss, um, and uh, I I've been ragefully enjoying it. I, I think. But, explain yourself. Explain yourself with the ragefully enjoying it. Um, because I'm a bit of a meathead and I will do the same what? thing over and over and over again <laughs> and not learn anything until I'm like, oh, wait, I just got to do this. And the amount of kill screens I have seen in this game have made me call it words that I only reserve. <laughs> Explain yourself. Like, I, I talked about this game last week on the show and I said that it stressed me out for a long time. It stressed me out for a while because you're getting hunted by these Emmy robots. And they're these mindless. Have I been like, I don't want an Emmy. Yeah. They're like, they're like Terminator <laughs> robots in portions of the levels that they, they, they kind of like, they, um, it's like they have a section that's sort of like alien esque, where they they can go through the vents and things, and like it's like that's their it's an but they hunt stuff. you, and they hunt and, you, and yeah. I didn't realize that these sections like you you don't fight you don't fight them, and yes, apparently as London has told me beforehand, there are many times where they say. <laughs> Don't the fight game? the enemy. But there's a lot of dialogue that I some I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes you're I just jumping through the dialogue. That's story. That's not character. All, not the all of it. Like I I like when it I don't know, when Robot Dude is like giving me updates on where I am, I'm like Katie, oh. Katie you are but, on this No, planet. but like now that I've like I've gotten to the end and I've seen this like last monologue, I was like, I should have read some more of those. <laughs> okay, so Geeks Gamers, there are portions of each world and each parts of the part of this world in this in this like you know it's a metroid game there's a giant map and there are portions of this map where the zones are i thought it was going to be it's awesome i love how big this game is maybe i won't always love how big this game is (laughs) as i'm going back and picking up more missiles and stuff like that but um what i there are there are sections of these that are being patrolled by these robots called emmys and they cannot be killed easily there's very specific ways to kill them yeah. there's like one way to kill a, them there's like only one thing that you uh, that can the kill moment, them and yeah, you have to build one up thing. And you have to and you have to go get that from a different mini boss mm-hmm. and but... the game basically tells you multiple <laughs> times you are too weak to fight them you can only don't run and hide them. don't try just avoid them yeah. and I so read yeah, things, but like the first if time I met one, I was like, "What am I doing wrong? Well, how can I not kill this?" The game has told you multiple times at that point, "Do not try and fight them; just run and hide." And Katie's like, "I'm getting the other. Uh, I have to look up the instructions. Am I hitting the wrong button?" And no, Jonathan's just got, like, trapping his pants and running. I've got like Messiah figure in my video games. I'm like, "No, I'm the one that could take them on." And no, it's just kill screen, kill screen, kill screen. But so the you game, do you do learn. You have to. Otherwise, it's just yeah. super frustrating. But you do learn along the way, like the different ways in order to try to avoid. But <laughs> London actually imparted some Buddhist knowledge on me that I should have known way earlier. Because I would get frustrated, too, because you just constantly get killed by these things when they catch you. And I finally said, you know what? Like each of these sections is a puzzle and getting around that thing and hiding from that thing and circumventing it is part of the puzzle. And when you just accept that these things going to kill you a few times while you figure out that portion of the stage, like you're just going to die a few times and then you're going to get around it. I do think you're a little early on in the game though. I will put that out there because at a certain point, I'm just saying that there are points when you hide and it doesn't do shit. Oh, I've hidden it and it don't do shit. 
no, my like, cloaking starts disappearing, and I'm like, and then like your health starts going down and everything, and it's just, like, and you reveal yourself, and then suddenly he's like, huh, like you haven't moved an inch. He's like, I seem to notice something in the section. You're like, there are times where I'm like, there's no way it's coming over here. I am totally cloaked, and the thing's like, I think I'm gonna walk over there and bump right into you, and then <laughs> it bumped right into you. It doesn't, and it sees yes. you, and you're like, what? And then it's like you have to fight it. Um, and every once in a while, I would get, I would get the to deflect the Emmy, and it was. It was more shocking to me that I was stunned too. <laughs> and I was like, Ron, go, get out. Yeah, supposedly you can deflect it. I haven't even tried. I just try and avoid the thing. Just, when I start seeing that little red dot showing up on my map, I'm like, well, run it, or it's die. It's been a minute since I've played on the Switch and I couldn't remember where the X button was, which is just the bane of console existence because I forgot that it's at the top and I'm so thinking not. Xbox controller is at the bottom. Oh. I just kept hitting the wrong button the whole time. I just think uppercut with those things because Samus literally does an uppercut with that move. Yeah. And so I just I just remember up or cut. The X is at the top. Um, Surge... So our buddy yes. Serge is in on YouTube and he says, I just finished a Metroid. I'll never play this game again. It gave me arthritis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like I literally, like I did the mini boss right before the final boss. Um, and I looked up at our, I was like, am I a noob? Like this is really, really hard. And, I, and the first article that came up was like, um, Metroid dread was great, but I will never play this game ever again. <laughs> um, and it, like, I'm like, at that point, there should be some like difficulty settings because like I do want to enjoy this and like go back through with all my abilities and stuff, but it won't happen. And it's almost like I don't think I'm going to want to play it again either. And that's why I haven't finished the final boss one because I don't want to see another kill screen for a while. <laughs> um, and two, you're traumatized by this. I'm a little. I'm a, I got a little PTSD on it, but I did love the game. Like the game is really fun when I finally got some freaking abilities. <laughs> But I'm excited to play it. Game. I'm excited. Uh, I haven't played it in a few days, but I'm excited yeah. to get back to it because I'm. I am, like you said. I think I'm early on. I'm at the Crade fight, yeah, and yeah, I like. Yeah. I love the design fight. of the fights. Yes. Um. I like. Figure, I, I'm going to die in these fights, and I'm going to figure out the patterns. And I like the process of that. And Metroid is one of the classic Nintendo franchises that, and it just hasn't put out a bad game. Yeah. Um. Except that like weird, uh, RTS weird game um i'm forgetting the name of it but where you're like little robots that metroid game was garbage oh really right it was game. like not really it wasn't game. even you weren't even samus you were like a different no. yeah it was like, uh, it, it, was like it was the adult they wanted it to be metroid prime but it was like th- their own ver- it, yeah no, it's not, not really not good either, listen so. you just, why don't you take a breather toss some pikmin at a giant bird or at a giant <laughs> frog and play pikmin for a little bit and uh mm-hmm. You want to enjoy if you don't enjoy kill screens, you do not want a bunch of little lives on your hands because the <laughs> second that. you start hearing those Pikmin death cries, do they actually tr- cry? They go when they die, and when they when they're when like when like a flamethrower opens up or when they all fall into the water at once, they try they die in mass, this and is it is traumatizing. traumatizing. <laughs> this is all right. It's yeah. up to you guys. Comment below whether Metroid Comment Dread below. is more morbid than Pikmin. I don't know. I <laughs> feel like Pikmin's t- more morbid. <laughs> this is your TikTok? What is this? <laughs> Just drop that. Drop them Just comments. Get that interaction, bro. Smash that subscribe button. Listen. 
I don't I don't care what they think. All right. <laughs> I don't care what you think. Thanks for listening to Geekscape. I don't We've care. We've been doing Geekscape think. since 06. Like, ah, come on. If they haven't told me what they think, I don't I don't got time for it. All right. They're, they're, these are my Pikmin's right here. And I pluck them and I chuck them. That's what I do with my Pikmin's. I pluck oh, them and I chuck them. <laughs> and if they get eaten, they get eaten. But we yeah, got to keep progressing. To to their cries. I listen to their death cries. That's what we do <laughs> here on the Geekscape. And they sound like Matt Kelly crying himself to sleep every night. Oh, no. That's what they sound like. Oh, I love Matt. Matt is the best. Uh, y'all are all the best. I love all the Geekscapists. I love doing the show with you, Katie. Katie, thanks for coming back. What was going on with you? You in jail? Been, what happened? Yeah, essentially, yeah. work jail. <laughs> oh, really? No, it's been, it's been crazy. We get really crazy around the holidays. And uh, I, I think I ran over 50 games in two days um, at one point. It, it's been... I have I had more games in last week than I will probably have all of November. Um, yeah, people like Halloween content, man. Gotta sling that tent. <laughs> no, I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> says the man who throws you content. Um, no, but also says the man who's like editing billions of content as as I well. Do. I've been doing a lot of editing. Yeah. You Geekscapes don't really see a whole lot of it, but that's okay. I won't take you. You know, I, I we've been finishing up a, another Geekscape short. Um, obviously on the Geekscape channel, the Geekscape TV on YouTube, we've been adding content every Tuesday, every Friday, we get new videos up there. I've got a video coming up, um, that we're going to do for the channel. There's going to be a lot of cool content coming up on the channel. You're going to want to subscribe to that. And obviously Matt's going to try and do this Nintendo 64 Mario Kart 64 tournament over on Twitch. So you're going to want to subscribe to our Twitch channel at Geekscape TV too. We're trying to treat all the channels a little bit differently. But I do like doing this show weekly on all the channels, the classic Geekscape flagship show. Um, and I love having Katie join me on it. So it's not so much of a boys club. Hey. <laughs> Next time you're on, I'm going to ask you how your Pikmin's are doing, how your Pikmin's are. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I might finish Metroid Dread before I get the Pikmin's, but okay. Okay. Oh, we'll I've... see. We'll see. We'll see. You're I'll intrigued. Have time to ins- I I actually am intrigued by the enslaving of flowers. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> and spreading my seed throughout the land. Yes, yes. Miyamoto did it. Now it's your turn. Mount's okay, turn. we've all been little Pikmin's to Miyamoto's genius. All right, so yeah, he he raised all of us in a sense. <laughs> he he kind of did, though. He yeah. kind of did. He kind of did. Next, Stanley. <laughs> Well, Geekscapists, I love you, and y'all are the little Pikmins. And uh, why don't you spread the Pikmin love and tell people about Geekscape. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you're listening to this on a podcatcher, hit the share button. Also, it'd be awesome if you left us five stars. That really, really helps our visibility, leaving us a review. People see that when they search for, for podcasts or Geekscape. Help, it helps float us to the top. People see Geekscape, and they're like, oh, that guy might know what he's talking about. Nope, he doesn't. Never mind. Um, also, just hit the share button on any of these videos with your friends and tell them about us. Um, Katie when you write your five star review, make sure yeah. you say whether or not you think Metroid Dread is more morbid than Pikmin. Ooh. That's say that. It's that I think it's a tie. Like at least you're the only you're the only character dying in Metroid Dread. In Pikmin, you're responsible for many souls getting <laughs> killed. So Pikmin is like, man, pretty traumatizing. <laughs> I'm like, can I just go back to something? More innocent. Come on. Yeah, more innocent. <laughs> uh, so you can 
find Katie online at L Sassy Pants. Isn't that right, kid? It is right. It is right. Uh, very excited that uh, the actual last name is going to change, but El Sassy Pants shall remain. When's that going to happen? The whole changing of the last probably not twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Hmm. Shit. Matt yeah, Kelly will have his name changed before twenty twenty three. To what? I don't know. To Property? regular Pikmin. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kelly, Pikmin. He's going to call himself Pikmin. Um, oh Katie God. is L Sassy Pants online. You can find her. And I'm at Jonathan London on a few things. But really, what you want to search for is Geekscape. Search for Geekscape. You'll find us, befriend us, listen to all our podcasts and all that. If you have any questions, email me. Jonathan geekscape.net. Uh, if you want to be a part of the network, email Matt, Matt at geekscape.net. We'll set you up with a show. We give them to everybody, it seems, at this point. Like, it's got 17 of these damn things. And who knows how many people on the damn YouTubes and the Twitches and the channels. We just like putting the geek voice out there because nobody's in danger of getting smacked in the face with a giant thousand page Dune book <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> no. But let me tell you. 2002 was a whole different time. Different ball right. game. Or 19, I'm sorry, 1992. 1992 I mean, was a whole different ball game. Different than that, yeah. <laughs> whole different ball. 1992. It's like, what's this in your bag? A dune book? What's this on your face? A dune book? Smack. Uh, all right. Nerds, geeks, brethren, countrymen, we love you. Geekscape forever. Till next week, we're going to have an Eternals review for you. Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.